you're listening to the Living Inside Out podcast, and I'm your host, Tox Arotere. This is episode 55. Welcome to the Living Inside Out podcast, where we believe everyone is gifted and our gifts are given to help us manifest our purpose. Episode 55 is recognizing the hindrances to your dreams. Hey, 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 how are you, my sis, my brother? All good? What have you been up to? Did you spend the last week gaining clarity about your vision? I hope so, because today we are going further. Because it's all well and good to know exactly where you're headed and have clarity about your future and even recognize the pieces of your big picture like we talked about last week. But what if you still can't pick them up? or put them together, no matter how hard you try. I can empathize with that because I know what it's like to carry a dream and even recognize that the resources are there, but somehow draw a blank, not being able to move forward for one reason or the other. And today I want to share three subtle hindrances to our dreams being manifested this past week was quite the challenge for me. I was facing a lot of mind battles, (laughs) seriously. And what was interesting is I knew that it was temporal. I knew it was an attack. (laughs) I even knew that the thoughts the enemy was throwing at my mind were lies. Yet it was such a battle to not believe them. And my head felt like there was smoke in my mind, in my head. And I just couldn't break past it. So on Wednesday, I went to Lille in France for the day with my store manager. And even though she told me what time we needed to be at St. Pancras, because, you know, it was we went by Eurostar, I opted to leave my house for the one hour journey at the exact time I meant to arrive at the station. And when she called me on the train to say she was there and where was I, I blissfully said, oh, I'm still on the train. And I was wondering why she got there so early. Well, we missed the train, but God came through for us and saved us from paying 300 pounds for a second ticket. We were on the line and this attendant was taking such a long time to attend to what seemed like a complicated situation. And I looked ahead and saw this other guy with just one person on the queue much further down and thought, let's just go there. And we went there. It's one of those things that it's easy to call a coincidence, but I know better. I know that God literally picked us up from where we were and moved us over to this other guy who took a liking to us, got into conversation, asked where we were from, talked about our names, asked if we had been to Lille before. And then he said, let me see what I can do. I'll move you onto the next train and I won't charge you. Enjoy your journey. And that, my friend, is what you call Faye. 
though <laughs> and my spirits of course were lifted but then the business affair we went for didn't turn out quite as we wanted it to go and I am thankful that in that moment I recognized the growth that's occurred within me. I used to go from slight problem to worst case scenario within seconds. And that has been my coping mechanism from boarding house days. In Nigeria, we say last, last. <laughs> and that literally means, well, the last thing on the line or the worst that can happen is because it helps you to see yourself solving the worst case scenario before it happens and that eliminates any feelings of dread. But the truth is many of us, including myself, don't visualize ourselves solving the problem. Instead, we visualize ourselves accepting it and moving on to plan B, which is what I was doing in that meeting. But then as the terms were being laid down and as we, we were discussing and I saw myself exiting mentally from that whole situation and even beginning to search for plan B, I pulled myself back in. Just because there is pain does not mean you should pivot. Sometimes the discomfort comes to stretch you so that your capacity to receive what you hope for is increased. But you have to be in that place of wanting to grow before the stretch can happen. And that is the first of three limitations that I'll share in this episode. One of the hindrances to our dreams coming to pass is our reluctance to experience pain. Building your muscle of emotional resilience will help you go over those bumps that are sure to crop up on your path as you travel on because emotional resilience is a muscle. It doesn't mean you need to become cold and unfeeling or you need to become stoic. It is really understanding that your emotions can stretch in either direction, but you won't lose yourself in the process. It is that thing that allows you to be there for your hurting friend and also allowing your friends to be there for you. It is being vulnerable and being strong. I believe we fear pain because of the uncertainty that comes with it. You see, we know that pain can't be measured. I worked as a medical rep for a number of years and one of the problems that doctors have in pain management is that there is no scale of measurement. People talk instead about a person's threshold. When it comes to your blood pressure, we can measure it. When it comes to your temperature, we can measure it. But when it comes to pain, there is no measurement. One person can break a finger and scream the building down, which will be me, by the way. <laughs> while another one can have the exact same injury and barely move. <laughs> so in addition to not being able to measure pain, we know that there are varying degrees of it. Stubbing your toe hurts, but it doesn't compare to the pain of childbirth. And so our reluctance to suffer difficulties possibly is because we can't tell just how far the pain will go. You can't say, if this business deal doesn't happen, you're going to experience a level four pain. 
there is no nomenclature or record of all the pain in the world to allow us to check and see if we're willing to experience it or not. And so we avoid it altogether. Episode six of this podcast is joy or pain, emotional decision making. And I talk a little bit or rather a lot more about the subject of pain and its role in our decision making. The second hindrance to our dreams coming to pass is our reluctance to get out of our feelings. Some of us get into an emotional state that isn't beneficial, yet it is indulgent. And by that, I mean a non-serving emotion that is a (laughs) low-key addictive. I started coughing in December last year, which means that as at this recording, I have been coughing for six whole months. It took a while for me to realize that I was allergic to my pet rabbits, Hera and Hazel. We've had them for three years and this is the second or maybe even the third bout I've had of a chronic cough. The first time it happened within a month of their arrival and lasted seven months. But after multiple trips to the doctors, tests and x-rays and trying different medications, one early morning, I think it must have been about four in the morning, I just woke up and got this. It wasn't like I heard a voice or anything like that. I know, but I just knew the Holy Spirit was saying to me, go and pray. But he didn't say go and pray. He just put a picture in my mind of myself kneeling down in my living room downstairs and praying specifically for this. So I just got up and I went down to pray. And as I walked down the the story of the, there's a story in the Bible where the crippled man was sitting by this pool or well. And the Lord Jesus asked him, what do you want? Because he was crying out to be healed. And he said, well, when the angel comes, there's no one to stare the pool and put me in because there was a superstitious belief in that area. Maybe not superstitious, I don't know. But there was a belief in that era that every once a month or every so often, an angel will come and stare the pool and whoever gets into the pool, first of all, got healed. So it does sound very much like a fairy tale. But anyway, that was the story on my mind. And somehow I just felt led to submerge myself in the blood of Jesus as though it was a well with water in it. And I pictured myself doing that and praying and declaring that I was completely covered in the blood of Jesus. And immediately I stopped praying, the cough subsided and within four days it completely ceased. That was two years ago and it came back again in December. And this time around people, the same prayer, the same posture, the same story in the Bible did not give me the outcome I expected. But what was interesting was this, which I'll tell you in a minute. I was in Nigeria on holiday last month. And if you're a regular listener or we're connected on social, you'd already know this. And while I was away, I became inspired like I haven't been in a while to take hold of my life and direct it with full force in the direction I wanted it to go. Part of that meant creating an environment that fosters productivity. And so we're talking having a decluttered and a clean space because I mentioned in the previous episode that one of my my top five strengths is the appreciation of beauty and excellence and beautiful spaces and excellence inspire me to do better for myself. And my precious bunnies did not help with 
a beautiful and a clean space. They are loving, they are sweet and they are clean, but they shed their fur a few times a year. And in the last month or two, these little guys have suddenly gone from being completely litter trained to being not litter trained. So while they still only poop in their hutch, they've decided to do it on the floor of their hutch as well as in their litter. And so my cleaning is more. And then they're ripping the paper that's on the floor of their hutch and they pull it out because their hutch is in the kitchen. They are aware. <laughs> indoor rabbits and we have a fairly large kitchen so it's not like it was cluttered or anything and they've got the space to roam around but I was starting to get a bit tired. Their hutch has got two stories or two little floors and it's about 1.5 meters or so wide and that was taking up space even though like I said the kitchen is sizable it wasn't cluttered but then we also could not leave the kitchen door open because they just roam all over the house biting cables and spreading their fur around. So while it sounds like I'm complaining, I'm not. This has been our chosen reality for three years because I wanted my children to experience the responsibility and the joy of having pets and they have. But let's add to that that they are either away at school. I've got a, a son out of town at university and I've got another couple that are working and I've got a teen, mid-teen, would rather stay on his bed than than come down and play with, with the bunnies. And so all of this and all of these facts notwithstanding, I still struggled to let them go. Once I realized that I was allergic to them I knew that the next step was obviously to let them go. but and, and all of what I've talked about, the clutter and the bits and pieces that I wasn't too keen on with, though I had accepted, did not necessarily help my decision making when it came to rehoming them. I was in my feelings. I think there was some level of wanting to control every outcome at play here because I contacted a few companies, a few farms and rescue centers and organizations that rehome rabbits. Listen, people, I did not know that was a thing. <laughs> and I'm looking at each one and I'm vetting them and I'm looking at videos and showing them to my boys. And I'm saying, no, do you think they'll be happy here? Do you think they treat them well? And your girl had visions of psychopaths ripping up my rabbits to shred. It had visions of people not cuddling them when they should be cuddled. I don't know what was wrong with me. There were all kinds of thoughts and each one just made me feel more emotional than I did <laughs> literally the minute before. But I had to let go. So I dropped them off with a lovely family in Hampshire who actually rescue rabbits and they have about nine rabbits, they have a few cats, they have a dog. And then when I asked, the, and they have a chicken as well. <laughs> so the chicken pottering around. When I asked the sister what she was studying, guess what she said? Animal studies. <sighs> My heart was finally at rest. I mean, God had to speak to me. And he said to me, listen, they are my creation. I made them. 
they are mine to look after. I look after flowers. I look after birds. I look after rabbits. I look after you. And it was just this very much up and down. This poor woman had sent a message on Facebook because I joined a few Facebook groups for the cause and she wanted to know if the rabbits were still available. So the first thing I did was vet her. I went onto her page and I'm looking and I'm checking her out. I'm like, hmm, you have a dog, you have a small dog. That dog might fight with her and Hazel. I don't think I like that. And then she sent me a follow-up message with two question marks and the question, I hope these are free. And I thought, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you think that money can buy my rabbits? And I just thought, you know what? Or oh, money compares to, to the rabbits, whatever it is I was thinking. But I just thought, nope, I put a big X on her. But as I was driving out and, you know, I put in everything together and God speaking to me and reassuring me because God is such a loving father. He didn't say, you know what, talks grow up and crap. <laughs> to stop that crap or anything like that. He didn't do that. He just told me that he loved his own creation and it was not my responsibility and I should stop googling emotions of rabbits and how they feel when their owners move them onto another home. But anyway, my heart was finally at rest. On my drive home, I cranked up my volume to like 50 and played Barry White. I don't know why that came to mind, but I loved him in my teens. And all feels so right with the world. Now, imagine how much time my emotions cost me. I couldn't work in the kitchen, which is the most comfortable place in my house to work in, because I wasn't able to stay there for any length of time as I would start to cough and, and, and suffer, literally, from this allergy. And I was doing live talks and workshops on Zoom in there because there was no other place to do it in my house that was comfortable and the lighting great and everything and I'm inhaling all the stuff that I'm allergic to. This cough even stopped me from attending business events because I was self-conscious about it. Last week I gave a masterclass to a group of wonderful ladies, the Super Walking Mom Academy, who which is run by my dear friend Daytola and she's got a podcast called When Life Stops and it's a podcast on grief. Brilliant, brilliant podcast. I recommend it and grief goes beyond physically losing someone but it's also the loss of a job, loss of divorce and all of these things. So I recommend listening and I've left the notes, I've left the link in the show notes as well. But I did a masterclass to the group on emotions and flourishing emotions or something like that but it had the word emotions in it and one of the ladies remarked that she now realized that her emotions had cost her a lot. And that's it really. If you stay stuck in your emotions, if you remain in your feelings, it will cost you. I guess what makes it important to discuss or talk about or note is that there are emotions that we run away from because they're uncomfortable. Nobody likes staying in a place of fear, for example. However, there are emotions and there are times that these negative feelings have what feels like a soothing quality that causes us to hold on to them and keep on relieving them. You know, it's almost like when someone annoys you, you, you want to, to revenge on them or you want to, you know, to get back at them. 
And you may not be able to actually get back at them either by talking to them, but you're quite happy to talk about them or you're quite happy to replay the scenario or replay imagined scenarios of you dealing with them in your mind and getting upset all over again. So it's a negative emotion, but it's indulgent because we want to indulge in it. I don't know what that looks like for you. Is it fear? Is there a fear of something that's stopping you from moving to the next level or the next stage in your life? And the fear is keeping you quote unquote safe in your comfort zone. Or is it unforgiveness? Someone's done something nasty to you and you feel justified in holding them in anger. Or perhaps it's envy or maybe even jealousy. These emotions are the type that keep us stagnant because they refuse to move. They are typically indulgent. They are justified by your thoughts and then they feed the thought. So you end up being in a cyclical state and you just can't break out of it. You cannot move in the direction of your dreams if you're stuck in the land of anxiety. The third hindrance that I'll share today is allowing your emotions to lead you. Emotions are powerful, but they make bad leaders. This is a quote that I coined to remind me and now you, how not to live. Don't allow your emotions to lead no matter how true they may feel. The lesson here is not to ignore them because they are actually there to inform you of a situation. Rather, it's for you not to be led by them. Emotions are transient. They dissipate, they elevate, they disappear, they come back again. <laughs> Remember when Steve Harvey accidentally announced the wrong Miss Universe? I think it was in 2017. The emotions, just imagine the emotions in that auditorium would have gone from exhilaration to disappointment to bewilderness for some and for the others, it was the other way around. At the same time, people were feeling ex exhilarated. Some other people were feeling disappointed and then they felt excited and happy because, hey, we won after all, and then be bewildered. It was all over the place. The Colombians were happy and then angry and disappointed. And while that was going on, the Filipinos were going from uh, disappointment to joy. Same scenario, same location, same words were said or heard, but the opposite emotions were felt. So we cannot allow how we feel to determine our next steps. Because as you can tell, emotions are not necessarily facts. They are based on a belief. They're based on a thought. So even though Miss Columbia did not actually win, she was celebrating because she thought she did based on the words she heard. She was not celebrating based on facts. She was celebrating based on her belief. Every time we have a thought, it drives our emotions. And when we have an emotion, the emotion sparks off the next thing to do. We cannot allow how we feel to determine our next steps, especially when you know that big dreams always begin with small steps. Here's what I want you to understand. When you're in that state, 
you know what I mean, that state when nothing makes sense and everything looks wrong, it is only temporal. It really is. Your feelings are not fact. I have this on a post-it note next to my bed. Put one too next to your bed or your office table or wherever you go or on your phone. Your feelings don't define you or your destination. So resist the temptation to, number one, run away from pain or discomfort. It's tempting, but don't, don't do it. Sit with it and see what it's telling you, what lesson there is to, to learn. And also, can you press through? Can you experience the pain and still function and still take the next step? Because you certainly can. Ask any woman who has ever given birth to a child before. The second thing you want to resist the temptation to do is stay in your feelings. Because as we've said, there are those emotions that are indulgent that would keep us sitting there, feeling them over and over again and, and literally being in a cycle. And finally, don't be led by your emotions. It is tempting. Emotions are powerful. They are strong. They are insistent but they make bad leaders. If this has blessed you or at least got you thinking, why don't you forward the link to a friend? I'm also on YouTube as Tokes Arotere. All of the podcast episodes are there and on all major podcast platforms. Thank you as always for listening. Oh, and an update on Hera and Hazel. <laughs> they have settled into their new home. And how do I know? Because I sent multiple messages <laughs> to their new owner after I dropped them off. And my husband said to me, if you don't stop texting this woman, she's going to tell you, you know what, madam, come and get your rabbits and stop disturbing my peace. <laughs> yeah, whatever, Jason. What? ever.